Hey guys, this is Laura Neme from This Is Us, and you are on Below the Belt. These guys rock. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the house, guys. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, guys. We have an amazing show tonight and an amazing panel. Uh, we have a first-time Below the Belt show guest co-host and actress extraordinaire, Desiree Velez. Desiree, good to have you on Below the Belt for the first Woo-hoo! time, I've known you for a long time, but uh, I'm just having you on BTB for the first time. It seems like uh, uh, I should have had you on a while ago, you know? Hey, it's, it's exciting either way. Better, Better late, late than never. never. Better late <laughs> than never, right, right. Awesome. Well, glad to have you as a part of BTB. Also joining us, publicist extraordinaire. The one and the only representing Vancouver, BC, <laughs> Ashley Buck. Welcome Hi. Back to Thank you for having me back. Appreciate for it. The third time. Second time. You tried to have second. me on three times, but I couldn't do the first time. So this is my second well, time. Second time on the BTB at Home edition. Uh, you've had you have called into the radio station. Oh, that's right. That's right. Red so carpet coverage. So. Yeah, so third time's a charm. Right. But right. isn't this? Right? We don't have to quarantine and we can sit here and have a drink. I'm I'm really admiring that martini behind you, Ashley. Oh my my my, my picture? Yes. I, I have I'm a martini so watering too. for martini now. Yeah, it's from Michael Goddard. I have two of the three of the series. The series is Dirty Martinis and they're stripper olives dancing on dirty martinis. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Look, Al. It's yeah. stripper olives. So it's some of my favorite artwork, but yeah, martinis are great. (laughs) Well, sadly, I won't be drinking for a while. I'm under quarantine mode. Uh, I guess I'll mention on the show. I took a COVID test. I'm not feeling well, but BTB still happens, guys. I am dedicated (laughs) and still here for you guys uh, for uh, tonight's show. So um, we also have another uh, co-host joining us shortly as well. But we'll introduce her when she uh, arrives in the chat. But guys, we don't get political on the show. But just to let you guys know, um, they we still do not have a president yet. Uh, Biden uh, has an electoral count of 253. 
Trump has, a, has an electoral vote count of 213, the first person to get to 270. We'll be, uh, we'll be our next president. Um, we will supposedly get Arizona and Georgia later tonight. Um, it's it's a nail biter, guys. It's a, it's certainly. Um, My stomach has been so messed up, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm really into everything, right? I'm like addicted to social media. I will not look at a Facebook post. I will really? look at a Twitter. I haven't watched the news. It's just too much. For news. So you're just waiting for the results, and then you'll watch then, or how you, you handle it. Time I watched like crazy and we didn't know anything and I went to sleep that night thinking of a different result and I got up the next day and found out what it was I was in depression mode for like a couple of weeks oh my and goodness. I was <laughs> I did the same thing I went to bed I had a feeling that he was gonna win and and just for your listeners I'm like as Al said I'm from Vancouver and that's BC I'm based out of Canada so I don't vote in this election but right. I still do care about the results and i have a lot of friends and relatives down in the u.s that i care about and right. you know uh, outcomes do affect everybody and you know i went to bed early in 2016 because i had a feeling what was going to happen happened and i felt that it was going to be bad but not as bad as it happened and as a canadian how much interest do you have how much life. interest do I have? I have a lot of interest. It affects the American election, it affects the whole world. And what's been happening lately with the xenophobia and the racism and just everything. I can't even get into it. It, it affects everybody and, and we do pay attention because it's horrible. It's horrible. And we care about the outcome. Yeah. Well, I think also as artists and people that are in the field of communication, we deal with people because we we like people yeah. we like to be around people and um we're so used to being exposed to so many different people and we we like that and then when we see this division it it's very disconcerting it's just really it, it is it, like even seeing the divisiveness i mean there's divisiveness everywhere divisiveness. you know not everybody agrees on everything but i've never seen something like this in my lifetime i, I haven't mean, either old, but you know it, it it's it's horrible. And you just it want is. to see everybody try to come together at least. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see. It could be another late night. It's possible. We might not even know the results by tonight. But again, the states are still um, counting the votes are Alaska, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. So um, uh, I would announce Allie, but she's currently having uh, technical issues with her audio. Um, so, uh, she hopefully will be able to figure it out. Um, your mic is muted. Maybe that's the issue. That could be it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but can you believe that Kanye, um, actually, um, was a candidate in this election? It's kind of crazy, but he did concede. Um, he, uh, I mean, now he's focusing on the 2024 election. I mean, when I heard that, I was like, look, why don't we just bring, pull Gumby and Pokey off of the shelves, damn it. Let them run for president and vice president. (laughs) (laughs) But now he's like, now he's looking forward to 2024. And everyone's like, you know what, just to making sneakers. Like, just just make your sneakers. Yep. We're good at that. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> Again, it could be a very long night, guys, but um, we're all about entertainment here on BTB. But let's go ahead and announce our special celebrity guest that I know Ashley and Allie are very excited about. I'm excited about. about this I am, too. Desi's <laughs> excited, too? Awesome. Um, the one and only actor extraordinaire. He's a series regular on This Is Us on NBC. John Huertas will be joining us, which is really exciting. John actually was on our show um, a while ago when he was on Castle on ABC. And uh, I doubt he really remembers our interview from back then. <laughs> um, I think that was around 2009, 2010, perhaps. But uh, um, but nonetheless, uh, we're, we're happy to have John Huertas back on BTB. They had a really... Really incredible season five premiere. I got to tune in, and I thought I think it's uh, interesting that they are focusing on the real life events like the pandemic and BLM, which I think a lot of movies and TV shows have kind of not brought that into the script. I know Ashley, you'd mentioned Grey's Anatomy will tackle it, but it's in the minority though, isn't it? For it, other shows, it, but I think especially when it comes to film. Um, I think film's a little bit of a different medium. Um, I mean, you've already got like rewatch value. I think is a big part of it. You no, know, you know, like fictional stories. Like I don't know if I really want to see COVID in like an upcoming Marvel movie. You know, it's it's kind of yeah. um. So, but when it comes to something like Superstore or Grey's Anatomy or This Is Us, which represents our day to day lives. Working at a grocery store, being around family, or being in a hospital—it makes more sense to be able to showcase that. Um, there are even some shows that I'm pretty sure can't showcase it. It just doesn't work within within their realm. So I think that's why it's not the norm. But you know, with This Is Us, they did a fantastic job. It didn't seem forced. It was seamless. It felt like part of the story, and I just didn't feel like it was thrown in my face. Like they merged it really well with the previous story from the past season, and it felt natural it was very very surprising i was very impressed awesome. and let's face it it's a gold mine current events can be a gold mine for the writers with new right. stuff brought mm -hmm. on especially when you have latino actors and you had this whole escapade happen back with the category four storm where <laughs> the president was throwing rolls of paper to the puerto ricans <laughs> i was not happy about it i remember it. that <laughs> So it's a, you know, it's something that you that you can draw on and, and really um, and address feelings without offending people. Just mm -hmm. having the characters let you know what they're feeling or, or going through. And look, look, Allie, can you hear I think, us? I think Allie can join us. <laughs> Allie, can you hear us OK? Oh, she can hear us, but your, your, your audio is not working, is it? Your audio is not working, Allie? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Allie, what if, what if you take off your microphones and just do it through the computer? Oh. See what happens. I figured it out. Michael turned the switch off when we were trying to figure out the button. Uh, when we were trying to figure out why I couldn't hear you guys. Well, let's go ahead and introduce. <laughs> we're happy to have back on Below the Belcher. She's also a This Is Us super fan, which I, I wanted to have her back on the show because of this. Um, she is uh, actress, voiceover artist extraordinaire, great mom, the one and only Allie Dash, back Thanks. on Below the Belt. Good to have you. I, so, Allie, you've been requesting This Is Us cast members for the longest time. I have. I'm excited. <laughs> and and we, finally, we finally delivered. 
I have so many questions. So I actually watched the season five premiere, and uh, I remember I was texting all these questions, trying to think, wow, so Miguel moved in on Rebecca after Jack died. That's kind of crazy. It was a while before. He took his time, right? Okay. They reconnected on Facebook. Um, Yes, they did. Much, much later in life. Much, much later. Okay, there you go. And then fell in love afterwards. Okay. Mm Well, we'll see all those I questions. Feel, I feel like we need to go back and watch it because honestly, the surprises and the storylines that This Is Us keeps throwing at us is unbelievable. Like I said earlier, the gasp I made at the end of the this season premiere last week was just audible because I couldn't believe where they were going with the storyline. And you you kind of need to go back a couple seasons to figure out why that was so shocking. It's just, it, it's fascinating. But you know, it is and it isn't because I can tell you, not me, but from personal experience from friends, I can't tell you how many marriages or relationships were broken up from people reconnecting on Facebook. Oh boy. <laughs> oh no. Double-edged sword there, I guess. Yeah. No, it's when true. When you're messaging, Anything can happen. Well, I mean, on This Is Us, her husband had been dead for decades. So, yeah. um, so they, wait, they gave it some time. It's they gave it some time. Soon, you know? reconnecting, reconnecting with Miguel was not as scandalous. I mean, it was still yeah. Got it. not as. All right. Well, we'll save all the This Is Us questions yeah. for John Huertas a little later in the program. But let's talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment, guys. Um. So the box office numbers um, are still steady, despite a lot of theaters uh, um, not opening um, due to the pandemic. Um, the no- the new number one movie is a movie called Come Play. Mm. It's uh, indie about a monster that manifests itself through smartphones and other mobile devices. <laughs> so that's the uh, number one movie right now, guys. Um, can you believe Tenet is still in the top five? Uh, Tenet uh, is the number four movie, um, and uh, it's crazy. But Christopher Nolan's actually um, he's 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 um, satisfied with with the numbers that that uh, Tenet has gotten in the movie theaters, despite you know people not going to the theaters. But um, how is it going on in in um, in Vancouver right now with the movie theaters, Ashley? Yeah, so I've actually been to 17 movies since the theaters reopened in July. Um, it's yeah. the one thing that keeps me sane. Uh, a lot of them have been old movies, uh, movies I've never seen in theaters because um, they were right. out when I was either not born or a kid. So Jaws, Jurassic Park. I went to Scream last week. Oh, okay, which, cool. Which is my favorite horror movie, but I never saw it in theaters because I was 11 years old. So, you know... But there are still new movies. There's a new one coming out this weekend I, called Let Him Go um, with Diane Keaton. Okay. No, not Diane Keaton, Diane Lane and um, uh, Kevin Costner, I believe, are in it. Um, okay. And that's a new movie. So we keep getting new movies in, but they are still at capacity. I've only been in a theater with maybe 20, 25 people has been the largest. And that was probably Tenet um, the day it was released. Um, but they're still open. They're still really safe. There's so many movies. I have three theaters around me, so I tend to go to different ones depending on right. what is happening. Um, I mean, obviously, they're not making as much money or having as much business um, as you usually would, but I'm just thankful that they're open and that people are going. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're still supporting uh, the business because AMC is, you know, the theaters in the U.S. has been hit really, really hard. We talked about it on the show before, but uh, 
Number two movie is Honest Thief, and Robert De Niro's Warward Grandpa is the number three movie. Tenet, as I mentioned, was the number four. And rounding up the top five is The Empty Man. That's the top uh, five movies. I am, however, looking forward to Halloween Kills. This movie uh, is expected to have a theater run, um, but uh, it's it's not going to be released this Halloween, sadly. It's slated to be released in October 15, 2021. However, there is a really cool trailer. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, that's online. So um, has anyone seen the new Halloween? Oh, it's like the last one that came out with Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought I it was actually, great. I actually went on Halloween last year. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Wasn't it great? It was fantastic. It was because, awesome. Because they cut, cut out all those other ones, and it was like a direct sequel to the first one. And I watch Halloween every year while I carve my pumpkin. It's like my little right. tradition. So it was nice to see them do a direct sequel. So the one next year is going to be like the third one. They just kind of forgot about all the other stories. And it was yeah. so good. So good. And you know what? I loved about it. She was an older woman, but she was a badass. Badass. (laughs) badass. She's one of the first older women to lead a feature film in a long time. As you know, the lead male and female (laughs) tends to not exceed 50. um, But she was like the first woman of her age range. Well, maybe a horror horror movie because, you know, there are like Meryl Streep and and that that are still um out there and so we'll yeah. see so it may have been the first as a horror movie because horror movies are tend to um slide more to the younger demographic for true these. maybe it was when i read that article you're yeah. right but i got a lot of new horror movies coming out guys things to look forward to um the crown's claire foy has a psychological horror film called dust mm-hmm. um dust was introduced uh, at the cons at the can sorry <laughs> He's just God. Someone, had, someone corrected me a while. It's not the con festival. I'm still, I'm still holding out for the the second Quiet Place. I really, okay. I was so okay. bummed out. I was getting ready to go That's see that at theaters when they shut sadly. everything in March. <laughs> I know. It's sadly, God. Yeah, I still need guys. to see the first one. <gasps> oh, you blasphemy! <laughs> I'm such a bad like. Ad- I don't like a lot of horror movies. Oh, you're not a horror movie fan. No. My daughter is though. Like my husband is so excited. They watched The Thing okay. together. They watched um, Night of the Living Dead, and he's so okay. excited to have. Oh, I love that. Someone to watch uh, horror movies with. Jordan really Peele cool. has uh, one coming out. Um, a remake of Wes Craven's 1991 campy classic, The People Under the Stairs, <laughs> which is being uh, released by Universal. And as you know. Jordan Peele is a master at horror. I mean, look at the movies Us and um, Get Out that he recently produced. Um, Those so, are so is they're the type of movie that get in your head, and mm-hmm. one or two weeks later, you're still going, oh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's, like it's deep. It's not just scary shit. It's deep. <laughs> this one's pretty deep. It follows an African American boy roped. Uh, into a robbery by a neighborhood thug who was quickly punished for his criminal action, leaving the young teenager to survive in a house of horrors on his own. Although not particularly scary, the coming-of-age tale in an urban setting paired with creepy creatures under the stairs uh, and a, a set of deranged antagonists. Um, so, um, and it's Jordan Peele, guys. I mean, gosh. I mean, I mean Monsters Under the Stairs, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Blumhouse um, has a new uh, horror film called Black Phone. Doctor Strange um, filmmaker Scott Derrickson will be directing. Um, it's based on Joe Hill's horror novella of the same name. The book revolves around a dead xenophile, a lonely kid, um, a locust, and a man locked in a basement stained with the blood of murdered children. Okay. That sounds pretty <laughs> That's a topic. <laughs> That's really dark. Really, really, really yeah. dark. It's called Black Phone. So. Uh, let's see. Insidious will have a sequel with Patrick Wilson um, directing. Yeah, so that's interesting. He starred in the previous Insidious movie, but now he's actually going to be directing. So uh, I think that's interesting that he's taking his hand at uh, directing for this one. But uh, definitely looking forward to that one. A prequel film for the horror thriller Orphan and Isabel Furman, who played the, um, the orphan girl Esther, will reprise her role in a new feature. So I have not seen this, um, the original horror thriller orphan but um i've heard i've heard uh, crazy things about it so um again it is halloween weekend i guess it's i like to say halloween is extended for the entire week so maybe horror movies will be something to uh put into my quarantine queue <laughs> i do <laughs> well, love halloween you should yes like the current election horror <laughs> i know so the electoral checking the electoral votes uh, numbers are still the same with Joe Biden 253 and Trump 213. So that I thought that Biden was a little bit up now that he got Michigan, that he was in 260. That, it, that increased. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that I increased. He only needs six more. I read that he only mm-hmm. needs six more electoral votes. So he does have more than 253 at this point. Really? Okay. Yeah. I have CNN on right now and I see 253 for Biden. Yeah, I think but, 264. Uh, he's now at the top. Really? Wow, he is close, guys. But we still might not know. It might not be tonight. It might not be tomorrow because there's still a lot of counting to go forth. And still then, a lot. Still oh a lot, my guys. stomach can't take I'm, it. I'm Yesterday. sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. Some of my friends from California aren't even talking to me right now because they're just <laughs> so stressed out. No, I messaged them and like I got a message this morning. And I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. But more importantly, are you like I'm Canadian? Like. I <laughs> I got a film that you'll be excited about, Ashley. Marvel star Sebastian Stan is set to star opposite Daisy Edgar Jones in a thriller called Fresh. Yeah. Um, Storyline is kept under wraps, but described as a social thriller. No storyline, so I don't know what it's about, but I look forward to anything that he's in. So it'll be. I'm a fan. (laughs) What can you say? Yeah, you're a fan, right? Uh, Washington DC's own Dave Bautista will star in a sci-fi fantasy film um, called Universe's Most Wanted, but a small town that gets thrust into a fight for the world's survival when a spaceship carrying the universe's most wanted and dangerous criminals uh, crash lands in their backyard. And Bautista plays a peacekeeper, an intergalactic peacekeeper. So, sounds, yeah, sounds very similar to his. Uh, Drax. His Drax character? He's yeah, amazing as Drax. Yeah. Sounds like Gladiators meets Hunger Games. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like fun. I'll definitely be tuning into that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly is joining uh, forces with Kevin Bacon in a new action thriller called One Way. 
interesting that uh machine gun kelly has really um focused on acting um he did a great job in bird box you know it was an, a, a supporting role and uh it seems like he's really getting more and more into acting. So yeah, he played Tommy Lee in the dirt as well and encapsulated Tommy very well. I'm a huge Motley Crue fan. I was very impressed with the entire cast, but I was very impressed with him. It was fantastic. Oh, right. He was I in that, have a uh, confession. Yes. I did not see Bird Box. <laughs> oh, you didn't see Bird Box? No! I haven't either. No! Well, I do want to see I know why I got certain ones of everybody on Facebook just and and all social media that I'm like spoiler alert you already told me the end why am I I was so disappointed in it I was so disappointed you were disappointed for Box yeah yeah, if you like the quiet place I would just stick with that because they kind of have this similar similar aren't they very similar so I was like oh interesting yeah you know, keep it on your list, but interesting, interesting, interesting. Let's see. There's a Vietnam war drama called the things, the things they carry starring Tom Hardy. Here's another actor getting a lot of, lot of roles in Hollywood. It's Pete Davidson. Wow. I mean, I it's mean, great for him. I was it, kind of surprised to see him in that cast list. Me too. He's a comedic actor. He's taking his, he's, He's trying his his uh, acting skills on a drama, and not just any drama, a Vietnam War drama where you have to take this movie very seriously. And Pete Davidson said it, man. I don't know, man. He's. I hope he proves otherwise, but I can't look, see you him. You never know. I mean, look at look at Robin Williams. Like when Robin Williams first came out, he's jumping off walls. He's like talking like so fast and. And then he he did movies like Goodwill Hunting and and more and you're like whoa this he's got some acting. True, job. Chris Rock is doing um, Fargo, which is a definitely right. out of his wheelhouse, and I think that's a testament to a good actor. But Peter's a stand-up comic; he's not even an actor per se who turned you know sketch comedy actor, I guess. You so know, was Robin though. So was Robin, but you got to give him a shot. He probably so landed. Was Kevin, so was Kevin Hart. And look, look at the, the movie that he did. I've got the name of it, um, where he's caring for the the guy in the wheelchair. Okay. That was fabulous. That movie. Interesting. Okay. I feel like Here's a lot another of one. Comedians can like really tap into those dramatic roles. Adam Sandler did that for Uncut Gems, so I, I definitely I I give that uh, to him. Um, but he's again. I, I see him as an actor. I mean, he he is originally a, uh, a stand-up comic and SNL cast member, like Pete Davidson. But I don't know. He's gonna Pete Davidson's gonna have to prove me wrong. But I, I'm really curious to see how he. Well, hopefully we get to see all these movies in theaters at some point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. But you know. Uh, another movie coming to theaters is State of Consciousness, starring Emil Hirsch. It's about a young man trapped in an institution where he's forced to take medication for a mental disorder that he does not have. Holy smokes. That's pretty crazy. That is creepy. That is creepy. Oh, Danny Trejo, a legend in uh, the business, has a new film called American Sicario, um, which will be presented at the upcoming virtual American film market. And, um, it's about a Mexican-American drug lord. No surprise there. It is, <laughs> it is Daddy Trejo. Uh, 
Uh, it's a typical Danny Trejo role. So, uh, I mean, that's what he does. He does that. He does his roles best, you know? So, um, let's see. We also have a film called Mother's Instinct starring Jessica Chastain and Hathaway, um, as 1960s housewives whose relationship takes a dark turn. So, Anne and, um, Jessica play best friends who live, um, a traditional lifestyle, um, but until um, the perfect harmony is suddenly shattered after a tragic accident. So um, that sounds like an interesting one. I mean, to, dealing with two great actresses right there. Um, we also have um, Ethan Hawke and his daughter Maya Hawke will be acting in a movie together. That's romantic- awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, a romantic comedy called Revolver. That's set during the height of Beatlemania in 1966. It sounds um, so cool. That sounds like a fun one. And I think it's cool when um, real life, uh, you know, parents and, and their kids can star in a movie together. You know, mm-hmm. she Especially was great they, in Stranger Things. She was oh. fantastic in Stranger mm-hmm. Things. She, she looks, she looks just like Uma Thurman, though. I don't see any she resemblance does. I, to Ethan Hawke. She's kind of like a Uma Thurman clone. She sounds like her too. Like it's right? crazy how, how much they look and sound well, mother and daughter, but but yep. they sound just alike. They do, they do. Uh, let's see, another comedy is Ellen Ellen Page. Uh, it's called One Up. It's a comedy set in the world of gaming. Um, will be uh, through BuzzFeed Studios. I had no idea they had a feature oh, film studio. I didn't know that either. Um, Everybody's got a studio. It's like you get a studio, you get a studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Alan Page plays a female gamer named Vivian Lee. Um, so uh, interesting. I've, I've been tuning into Umbrella Academy. I'm halfway through that. I, I want to get just, into the boys. You just started? I did, no, no. So my husband and I, we were like, let's do a new show. We like binge watched it in this past week. We watched okay. like to get our minds off the election. We watched like half the second season. So we're all caught up. Oh, you're all so caught good. up. So yes. the boys is your so next good. Show. I love it. Yes, I definitely want to check that one out next. That's. I think in quarantine I'll be uh I'll be checking that one out. Um, Helena Bonham Carter and Pierce Brosnan are going to star in a romantic comedy called Not Bloody Likely. Um, <laughs> Very but, British. Yeah, yeah. this sounds That's like um, a period piece. A while. Nineteen fourteen um, production, but a romantic comedy during nineteen fourteen. That's kind of a, a a new twist. A period piece romantic comedy. Hmm. Um, which uh, I don't believe I've seen. Usually, romantic comedies are contemporary. Can't really think of any romantic comedies that take place back then. So that's something new, you know, which I think is great, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Um, let's see. Um, so some Star Wars news. As you know, I'm the biggest Star Wars aficionado on the panel, and um, John Biega uh, talked more about. Um, Disney executives reaching out to him following his September GQ interview where he criticized the studio for its treatment of people of color characters in the recent Star Wars trilogy. Ooh. As you know, him and Kelly Marie Tran, although they had a, although John Bioga had a big role in the first of the trilogies, his role was really diminished in the second and third films. Rose, Rose's uh, character had a, a, a sizable role in the second film but completely diminished so 
to in the third film. So, um, you know, he got in a little controversy for that, but um, he said that the creative. I What's had that? You have his back. Uh, I, I agree. To say what he did. Um, I mean, I watched all the movies too, and they uh, did. They totally just put them on the back burner, and it, it was just horrible to see. They were such big characters, and and when you do look at it, it was people of color. It was Kelly and John, and and even Oscar had some stuff cut and his role wasn't even as sizable as it should have been. So it was really disappointing. And I think, I think actors should be able to speak their minds. Um, you know, I, I, I am a publicist and yes, there is messaging for studios to go along, but you know, once they're out of that, um, film or that contract, I, I think that they should be able to speak their true thoughts. Um, I, I don't agree in faking things just to make the public happy. Oh, yeah. We well, yeah, explained how the creative team knew exactly what to do with Daisy Ridley, or Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver's characters, but not with his entrance. He said, yeah. what do you want me to say? Uh, I enjoyed being part of it. It was a great experience. I'll take that deal when it's um, a great experience. They gave all the nuances to Adam Driver, to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows I'm not exposing anything. So interesting. Yeah, um, to read in here. Yeah. Other Star Wars news. Um, Jin Erso, who is played by um, the one and only Felicity Jones, um, apparently she has an option for a second film. Um, they haven't, um, I guess, confirmed whether it would be um, on a Disney Plus platform or it will be in theaters, but. Um, I guess it, ha- it will have to be a prequel because we did see everybody on that planet perish, but maybe they survived. <laughs> for those Is that spoiler alert for a, a four-year-old film? <laughs> well, I think being, I think everyone knew there were there was going to be no survivors. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> none of them were in. <laughs> we're led to believe that they died on that planet, Good but <laughs> but they could. I mean, it's Star Wars, so she says. So, uh, they, um, rather not Daisy Ridley, <laughs> um, Felicity Jones says, I just keep saying that reincarnation is totally possible in the Star Wars universe. So I feel there's unfinished business uh, for Jin for sure. Um, so I mean, if the Emperor can come back, so can everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill have both both lent their talent to anti-Trump spots for the Lincoln Project. Um, I mean, a lot of celebrities have been a very, it seems like 95% of Hollywood is uh, pro-Biden, uh, Harris. Rest of the 5% are either are not, are, are not out of the closet, Republican, or they're established legends like um, John Voight, um, Mel Gibson. Um, there's only a few um, that Christy have Alley. Christy Alley, Dean Cain, Roberto Jr. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's not not many, not many. But I have a feeling there's a lot of closet Republican actors in Hollywood. They I feel just like Chris Pratt is one. Only because Chris is um, he he's very religious, and someone that is on that religious part of the spectrum tends to be. Um, more conservative, but yeah, that, that's not always the case. 
not always the case. So. But um, let's talk a little bit about the Mandalorian. I, I'm so excited. Um, Allie, is this a show you I have? I love. I love the Mandalorian. Okay, so did you watch the uh, premiere? You did. Sweet. Um, I thought it was awesome, guys. Of course. I mean, I hope you don't mind, Ashley, that we're talking about uh, the Mandalorian. But uh, fine, guys. We're, He's just going to give you another spoiler alert. I know about about a bunch of stuff, and I know Timothy Oliphant's in this season. I'm good. You guys just have it. Incredible. So uh, Timothy Oliphant played the Marshal. The Marshal is... Oh, my God, I didn't know it came out. Sorry. Oh, you're you're actually referring to... um, The first season. The first season. No, the second. I'm talking about the the second season. Do you want do you want to um drop off for a minute? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's asking you to drop off. Do you, do you want to? Because I, I want to talk about That's this. That's how bad he wants to yeah, talk okay. about it. Be gone, Ellie. Take my headphones oh. off. I had no idea it came back already. <gasps> I'm so excited now. So yes, funny. it came out uh, October 30th, Allie. Where was I? Now you know what you're going to be watching when uh, we finish the show tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, Tilly the Olfin was, was in it. I mean... I'm, I'm going to try to say it in a non-spoilerish way as much as possible, but it was yeah. it was it was it was a it was a uh, mini movie. Um, it was all about a small town in Moss. One of the you know every town in Tatooine is Moss Eisley. This is another town called Moss um, something else. Anyways, um, the Sand People, as you know, those are the really weird creatures with the bandaged faces and the. They band together, and they, they're trying to take down a common enemy in a Leviathan-type creature called the Crate Dragon. So when Mando uh, meets the Marshal, played by Timothy Oliphant, he sees that he's got Mandalorian armor, he takes his helmet off, and he notices right away he's not supposed to have that Mandalorian armor. So he demands for um, Timothy Oliphant, the Marshal, to hand over the, the armor. He says... They almost got into a standoff, and then the Crate Dragon kind of like uh, got involved by pretty much erupting the place. Timothy Olyphant's character, the Marshal, said, okay, if you can help me slay this beast, this Crate Dragon, you'll get your armor back. So it's all about that that aspect of it. The armor that he was wearing, that uh, the Marshal was wearing, was indeed Boba Fett's armor. Boba mm-hmm. Fett from Return of the Jedi. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Boba Fett, if you didn't know, survived the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. Um, so you can... That is now officially canon. And at the very end of the episode, we see Tamora Morrison, who played Jango Fett in the prequels. As you know, he's a clone. Um, like, Boba Fett is a clone <laughs> of Jango Fett, so he's going to look exactly... Like Tamara Morrison, so that's all I'm gonna say on it. But uh, I'm not gonna talk about the results of the battle. Um, you can see it on. Uh, that was a two Star Wars geek. I'll probably I forget am... all about it tomorrow anyway. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna say what happens to the alien or the Crake Dragon, but um, it was a it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The episode was great. Um, probably one of my favorite episodes including all of season one so far was the season two premiere. Hmm. So um, if you're a fan of the Hocus Pocus, apparently they're working. Disney plus is working on a sequel. Hocus Pocus. So 
They haven't announced so whether the original cast officially. Wait, you have a comment on that? Well, yeah. So I'm I'm a really big Hocus Pocus fan. So a lot of them Two. are talking about the re- reunion. And last Friday was um, yep, they had a reunion. Halloween, and they did reunite for her charity event, which I did watch, and it was fantastic to see the sisters back. There's been so many rumors and you know, saying that, yes, all three of them are back in for it, which is amazing. But, you know, until I see a press release from the Walt Disney Company saying that they're starting, they're going to start shooting, I'm not going to believe it yet. You're not going to believe it yet. Okay. But they did. um, Disney has confirmed that they're going to work on one. Well, that's all that we can hope. Whether they've whether whether or not they confirm that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and the Captain are part of are on board for it and they should be because honestly if you remake hocus pocus with anybody else it's gonna upset a lot of people oh yeah yes mm-hmm. it was actually the it's top gonna five. be a dud <laughs> it, it was one of the top five movies so i yeah i mean um you know because of all the classic movies making a comeback in the theaters now they'd be crazy and i think it will be a direct sequel it, it would right. have to be absolutely yeah. absolutely guys all right um on Netflix, Netflix news, guys. So Scandal and Grey's Anatomy creator Shonda Rhimes um, released uh, the first footage of uh, a film called Bridgerton. It's a period drama that serves as a first series for um, for Shonda Rhimes. And it's filmed in London. Uh, revolves around Daphne Bridgerton, the eldest daughter of the powerful Bridgerton family. And um, because it has Grey's Anatomy all over it, I'm sure, Ashley, you will be watching this. <laughs> uh, I watch anything Shonda Rhimes does. I watch every single one of her projects. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I will be watching. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm, not, I'm a huge Shonda Rhimes fan and what she and her company and her showrunners and writers and teams and actors put out. I watch everything. So, yeah, I'll be the first one tuning into this one. <laughs> awesome. Netflix also has an original film called Munich. It's an adaptation of a best-selling 2017 novel, Jeremy Irons, attached to it, uh, set in the fall of 1938, where Europe stands on the brink of war, where Adolf Hitler is preparing to invade Czechoslovakia. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is uh, based on a best-selling novel, and you have Jeremy Irons attached, so. And um, a period piece, so uh, expect... Uh, Hopefully that it's uh well let's see who's attached to it. Um, other actors in this film includes Janice Newhoner, Liv Lisa Fries, Aaron Darty, um, August Deal, Sandra Holler, Robert Bathurst. I have not heard of any of these actors except for Jeremy Irons. So <laughs> hopefully they do well. Um, so Aquafina and Sandra Oh are uh, in a new comedy. Um, they're actually playing sisters in a feature film. That's um, right there. Now it's interesting. Isn't Aquafina Chinese and Sandra O oh Korean? And the, I mean, I know they're both Asian, but is it realistic for them to play sisters if they're two different races? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't do the casting. Okay. <laughs> I feel like with like um like so like when you look at um, to all the boys I've loved before, like yeah. all three of the sisters were all different. Like one was Vietnamese, one was half Chinese. Oh, um, okay. And like whenever I see someone who's Filipino like us, 
They're never playing Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess. Uh... He is so messed up. <laughs> I actually just watched an Instagram reel about that. And I don't watch Instagram reels, but it popped up in my search feed. And it was about how Filipino actors generally play Mexican-American. I, and the I girl, play a lot of and Latino, girl, And the girl who's hosting this. She's like, this is ridiculous. She's like, that's, and then like, you know, that there's some representation, like, you know, Mateo in, in Superstore. And she's like, finally, which not wrong. Desiree, this is why I asked you to speak Spanish to me so I can get that because, I, you know, oh, it, oh, that's why I tend to audition Hispanic roles. No, but people uh, from different listen. Hispanic countries can be easily siblings. So I guess. Look, the same. I- let me tell you, when I first started acting, I used to lighten my face, like as much skin with pancake makeup. Did and you? I would wear colored contact lenses and I dropped my last name because I kept getting cast by central casting to play Maria, 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 Maria. And but what was wrong with that, though? Your whole entire resume is Maria. Is that a reoccurring role (laughs) (laughs) in 27 different productions? And so I was like in this box, like I was the token, right? So I branched out and I got cast. I started getting work in North Carolina when there was a studio there. Right. And I came back and I wrote a letter to them and I said, I just don't understand. Um, I just want to let you know I'm coming back. This is what I've accomplished. And I don't understand what it is that other people see in me that you don't, because all my friends are getting sent for movie auditions for this and that. And you never call me. You only call me for Maria, Maria, Maria. And so they got very (laughs) offended. But reminds me of that uh, Santana song. Maria, Maria. (laughs) But On the flip side, when Rosie Perez was big, my other issue was I would go in and I would be speaking like. Well, when when she first came out, you know, that was the that was the person that fit their mold, you know, because she was funny and she had the funny accent and all this. Right. 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 I would go audition speaking like this and they'd say, oh, that's great. Um, But can you do Rosie Perez? Can you sound like Rosie Perez? And nothing against Rosie Perez, but I got tired because I felt they were doing her an injustice and us because now they found a new stereotype mm-hmm. and oh. everyone that they wanted to, to sound like Rosie Perez and look, like I'm so tired. I'm not going to be, that's too stupid. I'm not going to talk like, I just, I was just, I would do it for them. They laugh and I'd say, glad I don't want the job. And they go home. And I'd leave. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, some people embrace their stereotypes, but I can understand why an actor would not. I can understand why. I but, know when uh, I first like I mean we all out. have to we all have to make a living and we do for a while, but if you want to branch out and cross over mm-hmm. at some point you you've got to you know voice yourself and and t- start to turn down certain things and Right. Especially when you up. see like white actors, they can play all these different types of roles and then you're put like people of color put in different boxes. And this I, is something interesting that I'm going to bring up with um, Miguel or um, John Workness because apparently the, the role of Miguel have, has broken stereotypes because it's not your mm-hmm. typical Latino role. So that would be interesting to talk to well, him about that. And then speaking of 
breaking stereotypes too, Jodie Turner Smith was just cast as Anne Boleyn in a British miniseries. And Anne Boleyn historically is a white woman. And I think that's really cool that Jodie's going to be playing her. Jodie's, you know, black. And she's going to be playing a British white woman. And I think that's just fantastic that things are starting to finally change. You yeah. know, I even went and saw that David Copperfield movie with Dev Patel, where Dev played, um, you know, David Copperfield. Um, yeah. The other characters who traditionally in the story are white were all different ethnicities. And it didn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like, as oh, long as they can awesome. act the role, it shouldn't matter what people look like. Yeah. I know this is coming from a white woman, and really, I probably, I don't know if there's much respect when it comes from me, but, like, it just shouldn't matter anymore. And these stereotypes have to stop. A few years ago, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily was because of the way I look, but there was another actor who told me, he was like, it's really good to figure out what your niche is, you know what kind of roles are good. He's like, like you. He's like, you're not the leading lady. He's like, you're like the best friend, oh. the quirky best friend. Oh, God. Friend. Aww, you and that, that like, right? Is, it's discouraging to hear things like that, right? It was, it was frustrating. Sorry. But, you know, it's a mindset. I mean, honest to God, you guys, I was, I was cracking up when I was watching all of the arguments and stuff when there was rumored that Disney was going to do a second aerial. Okay, now this is a cartoon, right? right? Uh, a uh, second they're doing a live aerial. action little movie. And make her black. And That's everybody right. got all up in arms about Ariel's not supposed to be black. She's supposed to be white. She has red hair and I'm and I'm like, guys, you do realize we're talking about a mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> right. It doesn't human. exist anyway. is brilliant and she she's amazing. Sing. So really the only qualification to play Ariel should be can you sing? And 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 yes. Holly's amazing. So it's gonna be freaking phenomenal. I can't wait to see her in that role. Awesome. Me too. Uh, I can't wait to see um, Sophie Turner from, as you know, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Her next venture is actually um, an animated series called The Prince. Um, she'll be playing a member of the royal family. Um, and it's interesting because it's a very proper type of show called about the royal family. But then um, Family Guy producer uh, Gary Janetti will be producing it. So... She's I mean, that's that, going to be playing Princess Charlotte. So, oh, so the little so, girl. So that's yes. who she's going to be playing. Oh, you'll be, you'll be, are you uh, looking forward to this one? It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm a bit of a monarchist, so I don't mind when they make fun of the royal family, but I, I do get a little, um, I don't know, into it, but I might tune in because I do like Family Guy. So we'll see. Me too. Not a lot of people are watching Family Guy anymore, but I, I've watched it since day one, and I have not stopped watching Family I Guy. I catch it every once in a while, and it just makes me laugh because of how stupid it is. It's so <laughs> stupid, but it's so funny. It's so still so funny, and it definitely breaks barriers. What you, for, we talked about this on the show before, but Mike Henry, who voiced Cleveland, will be stepping down. Um, mm-hmm. I don't find enough. I, I don't find. I personally don't find it offensive if a white actor is voicing a black character on an animated show. Um, I guess a lot of people had an issue. I, I mean, Mike, Mike stepped down from the role, but um, I'll be interesting. I'll be interesting to hear a brand new Cleveland in the upcoming Family Guy. 
Um, but apparently this guy does a very good replica of Mike Henry's uh, Cleveland character. I'm sure he's going to do a great job. Yeah. But, but you this... know, with, with COVID, it's really funny. It's really going to matter less and less, the physical appearance, because I got a buddy of mine that is... For animated or, stuff, you mean? Yeah, they, they're they're increasing animated um, films. My right. buddy in, that lives in Atlanta... He's a very well sought off um, storyboard artist. And so he's always listening. He says they have all this stuff that they want to do, but nobody's really doing it yet because of the numbers. Mm -hmm. But so at the same time, they're developing all these animated series. And um, a friend of mine that I used to do with theater in D.C., um, you guys know her because she's the actress from Better Better. Um, uh, Ray Seahorn, Better Call Saul. And, and nice. she just put on her Facebook page, you guys, I've been wanting to tell you this for so long. And she's going to got cast in the production, The Harper House, which is an animated series. So she's going to be oh. one of the voices on there, along with uh, Jason Lee and Tatiana Mastany, Mas Ryan. Maslani, nice. A whole bunch of, uh, yeah, I can't read. My eyesight is so bad. Just on and on and on. And I'm thinking, really, in the end, what, what does it matter what you look like? An actor is an actor, an actress is an actress, as long as you can convey the yeah. voice. And so you have no problem either. I don't think I have a problem with animated because it's a, it's completely different. Your, your face is not on screen. I do have a problem with blackface, of course. But I don't personally have a problem with a different ethnicity voicing a different character. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm in the minority. No pun intended, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Um, all right, some big Walking Dead news, guys. And as you know, I'm really um, I'm really big fan of Walking Dead. Um, Negan's real life wife, or Jeffrey D. Morgan's real life wife, Hillary Burton, has been cast as Negan's dead wife, Lucille. So they're going to do a flashback episode, <coughs> which will be one of the six upcoming bonus episodes of season 10 as you know we're getting six more episodes and um this is gonna follow the here's negan comic book storyline um so we get to learn all about negan how he uh, how he became to be the person he is and of course his wife negan's wife is named lucille and that's who he names his bat after his baseball bat after um, which was used to kill Glenn and Abraham and many other people. So, uh, but uh, I, lo I love the about expect chemistry, obviously. And then, of course, in COVID times, you're you're putting a real life husband and wife uh, to do the, the close scenes, and um, that was a good call. I mean, awesome. Hillary Burton's best known for her work on One Tree Hill and, and White Collar, and um, yeah, I think it's uh, cool that we're gonna get the Negan backstory in an upcoming episode of The Walking Dead. So that's pretty exciting. All right. I have to ask this. Allie, what are you drinking? Um, <laughs> water and coffee. Coffee? Nice. Coffee and water. <laughs> 10, at 10 p.m. Eastern, drinking coffee, Allie? Yeah. I what a disappointment. After coffee. <laughs> I told yeah. Ashley her painting has had me watering for, you know, <laughs> Something alcoholic. <laughs> I know. 
Feel free well, to grab. I was grab. so close to grabbing wine yesterday. Well, when we take our uh, break before John uh, joins us, more uh, feel free to grab that glass of wine, everybody. I've got a lot of vodka, a lot of vermouth in my house, so I wish I could share it with you. I could make you a martini, but we're in separate countries and too far away. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's see. There's a new AMC show um, called Beacon 23. Um, but Spectrum Originals and AMC Networks are partnering, so it'll be on Spectrum. Then AMC will show, I guess, the episode. So, a suspenseful thriller and love story, where two people are trapped in a lighthouse at the end of a known universe, and it's based uh, on Hugh Howey's book of the same name. Um, curious. That should be interesting. We'll have to see what that entails. Um, let's see. So a new Latin X um, comedy on ABC um, with the Good Place writer Chris Ensel has been added to the slate. It's called Borderline. So it uh, centers around two goody two shoes. Um, their whirlwind romance is cut short when she gets deported. Now they must decide whether to bail on the potential love of their lives or take a leap of faith and get married. Wow. So I know a lot of people do the shotgun weddings to prevent you know, somebody <laughs> from going back to their own countries. Uh, it's something we've seen before in movies and TV, but uh, they're giving it a comedy comedy spin. So might be worth uh, checking out. Um, let's see. Over on ABC, um, well wishes got to Jeannie Mai on Dancing with the Stars. She was at, forced to exit the competition with a Diagnosis of a throat condition, which landed her in the hospital. So she is out of the competition. Um, is anyone still watching Dance from the Stars? <laughs> I don't know. I'm only watching AJ's dances because obviously when you put a Backstreet Boy on a show, I'm going to watch it. So you're I am huge, watching. You're a huge yeah. BFC fan, aren't you? Uh, biggest Backstreet Boy fan. Yes. Yeah. Who? So NSYNC versus BSB versus... Uh, like, who's the greatest? What's the greatest boy band of all time? For me, it's the Backstreet Boys. So I actually have a I have a list. Um, it, it's Backstreet because they mean so much to me. Um, okay. Then it's New Kids on the Block. Then oh, it's okay. Think. But I do have some really obscure ones that people in North America generally aren't fans of, like Take O-Town. That, Westlife Five, um, O Town. Um, oh, I, I mean O Town. But like, I like <laughs> every single boy band out there. Like that's right. Did you like Menudo? <laughs> you know, I I know when Menuda first came out, and I thought, oh, you know, they're kind of cute, and hey, wow, we got some Latins out there. But I was never really like into boy bands. I don't know why. Oh, I was obs- <laughs> I loved both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, but my favorite, I was in love with Hanson. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wanted to marry Zach Hanson when I was when I was a kid. That's your Hanson fan too, aren't you, Ash? What? You're a Hanson fan too, aren't you? I like Hanson, but they're not one of my my major um, loves. I like them, but no, like unlike the Backstreet Boys, who I've seen 13 times live, I've never seen Hanson. That's so. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, over on Fox, uh, two shows are getting the plug pulled. Filthy Rich and uh, Next. Um, if you're a fan of the, if you're oh a fan God. of those shows, they will not be returning. A lot of shows have been canceled due to COVID. 
so good. Kim Cattrall is brilliant in it. It's hilarious. I had a feeling it was only going to go one season. It kind of reminds me of Grand Hotel that was on ABC that got canceled too soon and on a cliffhanger. So I'm really hoping Filthy Rich doesn't get canceled on a cliffhanger either because I'm going to be really sad. Castle Rock, another show that's not seeing another season either. So I'm really mostly upset about Glow uh, on Netflix because that was left a major cliffhanger. That was so funny, that show. Well, they're not was, getting a final season, sadly, because of COVID. Well, Ozarks isn't coming back either. No, Ozark will be coming back. Absolutely. No, I, I heard they canceled it. No. No? no I got to go. There's too much riding on that show. I doubt it. The reason well, Because was, I thought well, the ratings are so high. It's so good. They've won awards. Well, they got to wrap up the story. I think because it's getting so much awards attention there. Well, the upcoming, well, you, Desiree, you probably heard that the upcoming uh, fourth season is the last season. That's probably what you heard. So they're wrapping no. up. They're wrapping everything up on the fourth season. No, I heard something else about them not wanting habit to travel all the time. They wanted to stay more in LA. And then with the complications oh. of COVID, maybe they changed their minds. Well, the thing about glow is that it's a, about, wrestling so you have all these women oh, like not glow i meant ozarks oh i know well i'm just comparing to that ozark you don't have the close proximity so i don't think it's a covid risk if you find the link please send it to me because i'm not it's the first i've heard of that so but ozark's was, one of my favorite shows have you do you not have listed there um and i love like i love romantic comedies but do you not have listed on there i met a girl i don't is that an upcoming rom-com Guys, you've got to see this movie. Okay, this movie was supposed to be released at the theaters. Is this okay. the one with Kristen, Kristen Stewart? Um, it's about an as- aspiring musician that meets a girl, but he he suffers from schizophrenia. Oh, oh wow. And what's so special about this is it was shot in Australia. Hmm. and And the director... Who who is in the who who um the director who did this um they currently just won actually at the Baltimore New Next Media Web Fest and other uh, web festivals they put a series um called Cancelled it was a web series and and it was he and the other actress uh, director met doing web series and they were going to get married in Spain and they got stuck in the shutdown. He, other, and her in one apartment. And they didn't know what else to do. So they said, well, let's just do a series about it. So they played themselves. And they go through all of the emotions you go through when you're stuck there and you have projects you're losing, money, jobs. um, There's the fear, the uncertainty. um, And in a way, they they didn't plan. But it sort of almost became bilingual because since it was happening in Spain, they would shoot the actual footage on the TV of the speeches that their president gave, mm-hmm. kind of like a morale booster and stuff. And you could see people clapping for the um, health professionals out of their balconies and stuff. But their show got over, I think it was 10, way over 10,000 hits or or. It was just it was just astronomical, the amount of hits this show got. But the same director, this was his his um, first feature film. 
okay. that they shot in Australia. It's fantastic. It is fantastic because in the movie, the main character, he can't seem to stay on his meds. And, and you see the stress. It's very stressful what the family has to go through with someone with that mental disorder. And in some cases you go, well, gosh, why don't you just put him away? It'd be so much easier for you. But the character is so charismatic and so loving and has such a big heart and sees everything through the eyes of the child that you fall in love with him. But anyway, he meets this girl and I won't tell you how it ends up, but it's it's his journey to find the girl because we really don't know if he actually met the girl or if he imagined meeting the girl since he's got two other imaginary characters in there that are outstanding as well. But it's it's um, the main actors. Um, if you go on IMBD, they have a following. Cool. But yeah, it's I I met a girl. I met a girl. Cool. cool we'll have to look out for that does that sounds pretty exciting uh anybody gonna tune in for the saved by the bell reboot absolutely <laughs> they just announced that lark Voris, uh the latest cast member to make a special appearance no word from screech or tiffany amber yet but uh as you know no, screech tiffany kind Amber's of Tiffany Amber Thiessen's in in the trailer. Oh, just it's, Tiffany is in it. Okay, I, yeah. I haven't seen her in the trailer. Okay, good. Yeah. She's in the I, she's in the trailer. I saw Elizabeth Berkeley. I saw Mario Lopez, but I did not know yeah. about. Well, yeah. so everybody's coming back except yeah, for Screech. Billy and Zach are back as well. Um, it's just Screech, I believe, probably wasn't invited back. So. Yeah. <laughs> he, he burned his bridge in that tell tell all book. Um, so. <laughs> And of course, he had that bout with porn. And uh, anyways, he's got. Oh, I have to say, I have to say this: the director was Luke Eve, starring Brenton Thwaites, Joel Jackson, Lily Sullivan. Supporting actors: Zahar Newman and David Woods, and it's getting five stars. Romance, gotta watch it. it. When does it get released? Um, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, it was supposed to be released in the U.S. Um, it's also supposed to be released in Australia because that's where they shot it. Okay. It'll probably end up going on video on demand, would be my guess. It's on yeah. Amazon right now and other. Oh, well, well it's right. on Amazon, then it's released. Yeah, it probably won't be going to Oh, theaters, so it's already it's released. Okay, cool. Well, we'll have to check that out on Amazon. But how uh, do you do this, Belle? Is this kind of be like they come back and now their kids are in school? Yeah. <laughs> or- yeah. Yeah, exactly about it, it yeah so but it's it's more about what they're showing is kind of um the divide between rich kids and not so rich kids and like new students who come to the school who aren't so privileged and the privileged kids are you know zach morris's son and zach is the governor of california i just can't believe that um <laughs> so, it's, so it's i mean I can uh so it is it's about kind of their kids and i believe um uh, Slater's a, the gym teacher or a teacher, yep. and um, what's her name? Oh goodness, Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth Berkeley's character, Jesse, is the principal. I'm not sure, but they're part of Bayside High. They're, so they're, the, they're faculty at Bayside. Yeah, High. they're faculty members, and then it's more about the kids. But 
you know, the adults come back. It, it actually looks really, really, really good. I think it looks really well done. Awesome. Uh, John Mulaney uh, hosted Saturday Night Live uh, for their Halloween episode. Of course, they um, had a skit with uh, with the upcoming election. But uh, that show, I mean, I enjoy Saturday Night Live, but they're extremely to the left. They are not impartial at all. And I hear it all the time in the Weekend Update. Um, every week, every week on Saturday Night Live, uh, Colin Jost... Uh, congratulations to him, by the way. Married Scarlett Johansson. Did he win the lottery or what? Seriously? Wow. Colin Jost. My God. Colin Jost and Michael Che, they just like bury they, they bury Trump every week. I mean, I guess, you know, CNN kind of has that a little bit of that vibe too, but uh it it's pretty uh it's it's interesting. It's interesting how always um like previous if you see like previous presidents and stuff, I feel like SNL is always kind of made fun of the current president but no matter whether it was democrat or republican this is true but i feel like trump just does more stupid stuff it just got um it got well i wouldn't say worse but it got more prominent of course because um they did have de niro on at one point and he he does not fail on expressing his anti-trumpism and then you have Alec Baldwin that does just such an amazing impersonation of him. And Alec can't stand him either. Actually, he's married to a Latino woman. So that's right. He that's does the best. Cool. He does the best Trump uh, impersonation. I love, I love Alec Baldwin's Trump. I think it's great. Uh, music news. Taraji P. Henson will be hosting the 2020 American Music Awards. That's going to happen on November 22nd. So look out for that. Um there's some interesting, fun Halloween costumes that we saw from celebrities over the weekend. Um, just kind of scrolling through some of the fun images. Kylie Jenner and her crew dressed up as the like a sexy version of the Power Rangers. It's interesting. <laughs> Those Kardashians, let me tell you, though. Let me tell you. Yeah. Kendall had a party for her birthday, and it's COVID times, and it's just not a good look. Those Kardashians are just not showing they're, a they're good They're not setting break. a good example, huh? No. Well, I thought a couple of them got sick. Did they get confirmed for COVID? Oh, Chloe had it it at the beginning of COVID. So, like, way at the beginning when when quarantine first started. Huh. There's some really creative costumes, by the way, that I'm seeing uh, in all these celebrities. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, David Burke, and their kids did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That was pretty awesome. They always have the best costumes. Yeah, they do. love their family costumes. Lizzo was the Mike Plant, Mike Pence fly. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. And Kim, <laughs> Kim Kardashian, Jonathan Cheban, and the kids uh, were uh, Joe Exotic and their tigers. So some interesting costumes. Did anyone on the panel celebrate Halloween? Did, uh, yeah, guys? I, I love dressing up for Halloween. What did you What did you wear? I was a basic witch. A basic witch as opposed to a I basic was. Witch. I, I was. I had, so I had my witch hat. I had um like love a suspender it. skirt. My t-shirt said basic witch. Um, and then I had Starbucks um, cup earrings. Um, and then I wore uh, like the, the boots and the tall socks. I was like, I'll have to post pictures, but yeah, it was oh, a wow. fun costume. Oh, and I carried a Starbucks cup all night and then I put a hat witch. 
on. I went as toilet paper so everybody oh, would that's want. amazing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I can't which is that. Oh. <laughs> I did this at another time. I was going crazy during lockdown, and I, yes. I, I made this my COVID party hat. I was dancing around the room. <laughs> and as you saw, I went as Harley Quinn. You went as Harley Quinn? Ooh. I would love to see those costumes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's on my Facebook page, but I didn't post oh, how it. Cute. I don't know if you can oh, see oh, it. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> did anyone see the Mandalorian costume that I wore? It's on my Facebook. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so that was my costume. Um uh, yeah, I'm just done the entertainment report, and then uh, we could take a little break and and come back for John Huertas. Um, and celebrity gossip news: uh, Laurie Laughlin surrendered to begin her two month sentence in the college admissions bribery case. So um, I tell you how embarrassing or what? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. The situation is a disaster. She'll probably spend a fraction of that time in prison, like Felicity Huffman did. Um, but, um, apparently her husband is, has a longer sentence. So, and before we take a break, we just have some sad rest in pieces to announce. Um, legend, Sean Connery, the Scottish born actor rocketed uh, to fame as James Bond became one of the franchise's most popular international stars died at the age of 90. Um, he was also, um, Harrison Ford's father, um, played for in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, certainly um a legend that is uh, sadly um no longer with us. Um Harrison Ford said he was my father not in life but in Indy 3. You don't know pleasure until someone pays you to take Sean Connery for a ride in the side of a car of a Russian motorcycle bouncing along a bumpy twisty mountain trail and getting to watch him squirm. <laughs> God, we had fun. If he's in heaven, I hope they have golf courses. Rest in peace, dear friend. Here's a sad one, guys. Eddie Hassel, known for his role in The Kids Are All Right um, and the NBC show Surfaced, uh, died after being shot in Texas. Apparently, a carjacking attempt. Um, Really, Uh, really sad. Um, He was shot in the stomach um, last Sunday and in Texas outside his girlfriend's apartment so carol arthur actress best known for several collaborations with mel brooks including blazing saddles passed away at the age of 85 charles gordon film and television producer earned an oscar nomination for his work on field of dreams passed away at the age of 73 david rodriguez producer and director for shows like the chi animal kingdom and chicago pd Died from complications from a stroke at the young age of 50. That's sad. Mel Bordeaux, commercial voice actor, longtime leader in the Screen Actors Guild and SAGA-AFTRA, um, died at the age of 87. John Sessions, Scottish actor and comedian, best known for his role in the UK version of Who Line, Whose Line Is It Anyway, um, passed away at the age of 67. Great British Bake Off finalist Louis Troiano, Died of esophageal cancer at 48. And this last name um, is someone that has been a guest on our show. Um, so this one, I take to heart. Um, it's sad because as long as I've been doing Below the Belt show, occasionally we're going to have people that have passed on um, from someone that has used to be on the show. 
And it's really, really tragic. It's uh, Nikki McKibben. She was mm-hmm. the final three on an American Idol, the same um, season that Kelly Clarkson won. Died at the age of 42 due to complications from an aneurysm. So wow. hopefully we can uh, find the um, the um, interview that sh- Nikki did for us a while ago and uh, post it as a tribute. Um, I was really shocked and sad to um, mm-hmm. to see that. Um, so, and uh, with death uh, comes life. Uh, celebrities uh, celebrating a birthday today include um, Marky Post is seventy, uh, Kathy Griffin is sixty. Happy birthday, Ralph Macchio! I hope you're watching uh, Cobra Kai. It's definitely one of my favorites. Now on <laughs> Netflix, I cannot wait for season three. Jeff Post is fifty nine. All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey is fifty one. Sean Peter D. Combs is 51. Bethany Frankel from The Real Housewives is 50. Um, Curtis Stone is 45, Celebrity Chef. And M- Emmy Rylan uh, is 40, actress Emmy Rylan. So that's celebrity birthdays. Um, so um, I'm excited. Uh, when we get back here on Below the Belt Show, we will be um, interviewing the one and the only John Huertas. So since we are wrapped a little early, we'll be taking a little break. Um, but before we uh, – let's go ahead and announce the classic cut that we're going to break into. Um, so uh, Nikki McKibben uh, was apparently a very big Stevie Nicks fan, and Stevie Nicks was um, an inspiration for Nikki McKibben. And this is one of my favorite songs by Stevie Nicks. It's Landslide. as uh, uh, takes us into the classic cut. And we'll be back after the classic cut. John Huertas joining us. And uh, we can't wait. So we'll talk to you then. I took my love took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Seasons of my life mm-hmm. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you But time makes you both Guys, that was the classic cut, Landslide, by Stevie Nicks, guys. Um, definitely, it's just such a great song, man, Landslide. Um, but, yeah, but everybody's uh, refreshed, took their bathroom breaks, got their 
cocktails and Ashley's doing coffee. Yeah, I'm, I just had a latte too, Ali, so. I'm drinking tea <laughs> with lemon right now, so I got to focus on my health. But uh, we're excited. Shortly, uh, we will be welcoming actor John Huertas, one of the uh, series regulars on This Is Us. And uh, Ali and Ashley, as longtime This Is Us fans, um, h- how would you describe the, the whole arc of the show over the past five seasons? Well, I think as Al and I were kind of talking during the break, I mean, the arc, it's not your traditional trajectory of a yeah. story arc. Yes, because it goes back and past, forth. We start mm-hmm. in the future, we start in the present. We go back and forth from all three kind of time periods. So it's not, it's really hard to kind of explain what the arc is because we're not going from one beginning to another. Right. We're learning things about different characters in the future and the present and the past all throughout these seasons. Um, because it's really interesting because everybody has a story to tell. And everybody in their own family has connections to their family members. Their family members have connections to their family members and friends and et cetera. And there's just stories intertwined through all of us. And I, that's what This Is Us is trying to do. It's not just the story of one family, of just the Rebecca and Jack and Kevin, Kate and Randall. It's not just their story. It's about the stories before they met or after they met or who their kids met and where their kids came from, you know, speaking with Randall, uh, Randall, you know, he was adopted and it's just such a fascinating way to tell a story. Just, just, it's very interesting. There's just not one trajectory though. So it's a little complicated if you're coming in towards the end, it's yeah. you really do have the show from the beginning. I, I personally think. Yeah. It's like so puzzle there's... pieces being put together. And I love okay. seeing just like how all these different storylines, they all connect and come together and um, things make more sense, like seeing them as adults uh, when you see things that happen in their past. I just, I love how it all kind of fits and comes together, almost and, like putting together a puzzle. And two, when a puzzle's put together though, <laughs> they throw a wrench and they add another side to it and yes. put another <laughs> piece in and you're just like, what is happening? You know, they just surprise you with stories you didn't think that were going to even come up. Um, it's so good. I cry every week. <laughs> I think I cry every single episode makes me cry. Every episode you cry? Like if I oh maybe 95% of every episode. <laughs> uh, what happened to Kate's baby? I think I watched an episode where Kate had co- uh, complications with the baby. Did she lose the baby? No. No, she didn't, okay. but um, he does not have his eyesight. So that is the Oh my God, that's that's so tragic. But it's tragic, but his story, see, that's the thing with the show is that the again, son is blind. Him in the future, the son took that Hello? Um, disability. Oh, John's here. Hey, we got John in the house. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We can't see you yet, though. Yeah, I don't know where the uh, video is. On the, the video stage. icon is on the bottom in the middle. You just hit that little camera icon. Here's the camera <laughs> thing. There's the camera icon on the bottom. I yep. remember that one. There yeah. it is. Hello. Yeah. Oh. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest of the evening on Below the Belt show, actor extraordinaire. Um, oh, wait a minute, John. Oh, is that what I am? 
Yes, you can see I'm on This Is Us, uh, the season premiere uh, just dropped last week. The one and only John Huertas. John, good to have you back on Below the Belt Show. I don't know if you know, but you, we had you on the show when you were on Castle. Um, I'm going to say you when I was on Castle? Yeah, we had you on uh, when you were on Castle, baby. Probably about... Uh, oh, that's right. I do remember that. Do you remember us? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were happy to have you back. And uh, I brought two This Is Us super fans in Ali Dash and Ashley Buck. They've seen every episode. So uh, happy to have you. guys feel that earthquake? Yeah. Did you guys feel that fucking earthquake? Oh, did, 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 did they just have an earthquake? Oh, wow. All of a sudden. Oh, no. oh you're <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Come on. John, you John, you look like in such a good mood and so healthy. Where are you now? Are you on the East Coast or West Coast? West Coast, Venice. Venice. Of course. Bueno, wepa. You're talking to a fellow PR dude. How often does that happen? I see the flag in the back. And New Yorkian man, Brooklyn in the house. So hopefully we're not two of the Latinos that the that the Democrats keep talking about. We lost the Latinos. They're talking about the Cubans who I don't even know if they're really Latino. <laughs> Somebody made a joke and they said that Latinos voting for Trump is like chicken voting for Colonel Sanders. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I have so I have a lot of friends or a couple of former friends actually from uh, uh, that are Cuban from Miami and. Like I, my friend has literally told me before, he's like, "Yeah, I'm just, you know, we, you know, we're white." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I definitely can't call myself white." Um, but uh, he, he, like, they, a lot of Cubans in Miami consider themselves not Latino or not people of color, if if you will. Really? You, you know, mm-hmm. are very Republican, and they, um, you know, they they. Uh, you know, they, they think Donald Trump is their savior for some reason. Well, um, you know, the sad part about that is most of the Cubans that we had arrived here by the grace of God on a raft. Many of them. True. And they were allowed to stay. And I just don't understand how you can have you can be one of those people or have family that was one of those people and then turn an eye on the other people that. Uh, he's putting in cages, you know, it's like, I don't know. Well, so a lot of the Cubans, I think, if, uh, I don't know how many of you guys are aware of uh, the history of Cubans coming from uh, the island of Cuba, but, you know, it, during the revolution, all of the wealthy people from Cuba got the fuck out. They were like, you know what, we got to go and right. we're establishing ourselves in, in, in um, Miami. And then there were, you know, a lot of Cubans that were left behind that ended up, you know, there was some suffering uh, while a, a, what used to be a democracy is becoming a socialist republic and, you know, a communist country and there was poverty and, and hunger. And so, you know, they they jumped on rafts, like you said, and they tried to, to, to come to the states and, you know, and, and they're seeking asylum. And what's funny is that, you know, the United States at that point, they like people fleeing Cuba that's fleeing asylum, but people fleeing, you know, Mexico or Guatemala or uh, Honduras or El Salvador, that's that's not so much. 
seeking asylum. That's illegally coming into our country. Yeah. So it's, it's just funny the dichotomy there. But, you know, a lot of the Cubans that came over on rafts, you know, they're, they strive to, to have wealth. They strive to be a part of that Cuban community that originally came over. And so they adopt their same kind of um, mentality and adopt their same kind of like, you know, the, the, we'll, we will become more like them if we think more like them. So, oh, they're all Republican? Then we should all be Republican, even though that they, even though they were part of a different, they weren't part of the elite. They weren't part of that, that system. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird, um, it's a very weird kind of situation in Miami. Are you, are you following the election uh, results, John? Are you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, looks like we might have a night, another night or two to wait uh, for the results. But uh, but let's just dive into this is us, um, uh, John. Um, first of all, uh, I love the season five premiere. Guys, like oh. a super, yeah, a super sized uh, episode. I watched the first, the part one and part two. Yeah, of right. it. Yeah, and I, what I th- what I find very interesting is that this is us is tackling the current issues of today, like the pandemic. And also the BLM movement. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I don't see too many scripted shows covering the pandemic, you know, or, you know, uh, so I, I think it's kind of refreshing to see This Is Us following suit. Well, you know, the thing about This Is Us is that we kind of always have the, um, you know, we have, a, we have a part of our show that takes place present day. We are following the storyline of Kate. Randall and Kevin and you know old older Miguel and older Rebecca in today you know in, in today's society and so we have kind of license to be able to go there and um, you know tackle the issues that that we're seeing socially in our country um, and our writers they you know they come from very diverse backgrounds and our writers are brave and so I think it was there was a a decision made because it is something I think that was kicked around and talked about. Like, do we, everybody in Hollywood was kind of thinking like, do we, do we include COVID in our storytelling or do people right. rather have a, an escape from that? And just, let's just pretend like, you know, we're in a world where COVID doesn't exist. I think for our show, we, ha- because we try to stay so grounded and so real and touch people emotionally in a, you know, in a way where they are hopefully experiencing some of the same things that some of our characters are experiencing or someone in their family is experiencing some of the same things that our characters are experiencing. We couldn't not tap into what COVID is doing to the family right now, what COVID is doing uh, yeah. to the workplace right now. Right. But the BLM uh movement and and the idea behind blm is doing and just you know what you know kind of use of force in our police like how is that affecting people of color and how is that affecting our society i think we had to do that because i think people our audience they were expecting it and yeah i do a great job and kind of seamlessly um weaving it into our story, which um, I mean, I, I watched the two-hour premiere as well, and I thought we did a, a great job um, the way we worked it in without hitting it too hard, and you know, but hitting it hard enough to where we were letting people know, yeah, we're going to talk about this. Yes, and um, you guys are wearing masks, not 
not only off camera but on camera because the pandemic exists in this is us world do you yeah. feel safer that you're constantly wearing the masks in in the episodes i mean i i personally in the two in the in the, in the two episodes of the premiere i didn't wear a mask on camera ever um i was maskless i think kevin wore a mask yeah madison wore a mask yep um a, but and Randall, of course, uh, I think wore a mask, but I did. I didn't wear a mask, so uh, we, I, I, while we're filming, I had to wear a mask and a face shield at the same time, right? To protect, you know, the the cast because we are going to be the only people of the crew, and and all this, uh, you know, that are that are going to have, you know, be masked. Yeah, and you have that. You got all that makeup because you're aged uh, twenty plus years. And yeah. you can't really wear the mask. The face shield's more appropriate because it doesn't mess up your makeup, right? I'm, yes. I'm yeah, we're not able to wear the the mask. When we have the prosthetic makeup on, we're not supposed to wear the actual mask. We're only supposed to wear the face shield. And, um, yeah, it's – it's uh, I kind of don't feel that protected with the face shield on. But we got this fancy new face shield where it goes around the neck and it connects here and it kind of sticks up like that. But the whole yeah. the whole top is – is open so i just feel like like if someone like turns around and like sneezes in the air like the part yeah it doesn't ask and into my you know. it's like a new baptism <laughs> yeah. uh, this this shield is not saving me from anything oh my God. are but you I, used to the makeup now john am I uh, used to, yeah you know this is my version of, of working on star trek yes on star trek i'm a big you know sci-fi nerd and i you know i've my goal my dream has been to work on star trek and and be a you know an alien of some sort i've always wanted to i've actually always wanted to be a klingon really is what i've wanted oh to sweet so this is my version of a klingon because i wear you know prosthetics <laughs> and uh so I, this is my version of that i get to sit in the makeup chair for three hours and i feel like you know that's what uh if you're going to be a Klingon, you're going to go through three to six hours of makeup. My Klingon just uh, doesn't have the forehead ridges. I have a little thing that they stick right here. Called <laughs> right. They call it a waddle. <laughs> Weird. The old people neck. They yeah. do a you phenomenal made, job. You made right Al here. Soto very happy. Al, tell him what you wore for Halloween. Oh, I was the Mandalorian. Were you really? Yes. That was my Halloween Wait, costume. What's your, what's your, are you Polynesian? Good guess. Filipino mostly. Filipino? That, Filipino's Polynesian. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Polynesian who was basically, you know, ruined by the Spanish, just like the Puerto Ricans were on my eye. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And Tamora Morrison, who played Jango Fett and Boba Fett in Mandalorian, um, is is from New Zealand, I believe. Maori. So Maori from New Zealand. Maori from New Zealand, right. Yeah. I went on a deep dive one day. I, there's this, uh, Australasian Aust- is like the group of people that inhabit the, you know, the, the Tonga, Hawaii, Samoa, Philippines, um, the the southernmost part of Taiwan, even like there are the indigenous peoples of these, like this, the, of the Pacific, all come from this group of people, and the Philippines is a big part of that. And you're 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 relate, you're probably, you know, you're more closely related to him than you would expect. I would think, right? <laughs> I love it. So what is so you mentioned your love of sci-fi? Is there so Star Trek is up there with a a, oh, yeah. a project you'd like to work on? How about Star Wars or any of those? I like the, I love the Mandalorian. Um, and yeah. 
friend. A co- I have two friends who are on the Mandalorian second season. Nice. Which I'm about. Um, and uh, I mean, I like, I like all kinds of sci-fi. I mean, I, I, you know, I said like sci-fi fantasy. So Game of Thrones was huge for me. Um, <laughs> you know, the uh, The Witcher. I watched The Witcher, which is great. I don't. Have you guys watched Dark? I haven't. No, Ashley, have you, Ashley, you've seen everything. No, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's excellent, actually. It's on my list. Um, yep. But no, I haven't started it yet. I love Dark because Dark Dark did something to me that Another Earth did to me. So Dark starts uh-huh. as a, it seems like a crime thriller. And you don't realize it's a sci-fi show at the beginning. And then they slowly get you to to get invested in, you know, what's going on with this crime? How am I going to help them solve it? And then suddenly, boom, this is sci-fi. And you're like, what? Um, (laughs) Brilliant. It's awesome. So Another Earth is the opposite. Another Earth, the artwork and, you know, the way that the trailer looked, it looked like a sci-fi film. But then they they drew me into that as a sci-fi fan. And then they introduced me to this, this story that was, you know, about a, a woman who killed this man's family and then secretly becomes his maid and tries to get close to him in some sort of effort to apologize, but did, just creates this weird relationship. And and then just how seamlessly they're able to kind of connect sci-fi and um, something with so much sentiment and heart. Like, that's the kind of sci-fi I really love is when it's very... Um, when it's very grounded and very real, and I can invest in like both halves of my brain into it. Um, so- I'm looking at your IMDb. You've done a lot of reality-based, uh, you know, r- real-life-based um, acting gigs, but you do have Terminator to Sarah Connor Chronicles, which is that's right. That was that's pretty awesome. So you must have been on Cloud Nine for booking that one. Kind of, but I didn't get to see a Terminator. So I had done this show, Generation Kill. Um, which is a military show based on a real book, based on uh, you know a book that was written about a real the real guys who invaded Iraq and um, and then uh, I came back and I shot this pilot Castle um, and <laughs> while we're waiting for Castle to get you know what are we going to get picked up or what uh, I got asked to join the cast of, of Sarah Connor Chronicles for a couple of um, there was going to be a recurring character and. Yep. Uh, the first episode, I li- I spent all my time basically in a hospital with my my the girl who's playing my wife who was pregnant. Um, uh, and then Castle got picked up and I couldn't go back, so I never got to see like. And I was supposed to be the guy who was going to train. Uh, what's his name? John Con- is John Connor the son? Yeah, John Connor the son. Yep. That's uh, right. So I was train John Connor. Uh, to be like a fighter, I was a, I was a cop who was like you know well versed in weaponry and things like that. And then, you know, I got picked up on Castle, and you know we ran for eight years. So yeah, long run on that. Yeah, but I did get you know working with Lena Headey was awesome before Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, and she was, I mean, she's such an amazing person and woman. Like you would. It, it, I was actually very nervous and scared to meet her and work with her because of 300. She was amazing in 300. She was gorgeous. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God. She, she's probably – she probably knows how gorgeous she is. She knows how <laughs> So she's going to let me know how badass and gorgeous she is, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to talk to her. And she, 
wouldn't stop talking to me. Every time, whenever we weren't on camera, she would not stop talking to me. She was just like, you know, talking to me, like, where are you from? What are you interested in? What are you, what's up? What's up? What's up? What, what, what about you? And I was like, Lena Haiti, you're supposed to be, you know, mean to me. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be able to talk to you. But she she was just amazing. She's a beautiful soul. She is. Yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of beautiful souls, I, I've met a couple of the cast of uh, This Is Us, and they're just all very, very incredible people. Um, Sterling K, I, I saw him at the SAG Awards a couple years back, and we we talked for a little while, and then how he kind of got a resurgence of his career a little later in life, you know. And I thought that was interesting that he didn't start this young, young, young twenty-something actor getting the big gigs, and uh, he started fairly later in life and found success later. I thought that yeah. was pretty interesting talking like, about that. After thirty-five, I think is when he really. Um, I mean. Yeah, I think he was, you know, he guest starred on Castle, by the way, um, after, yeah. after Army Wives, between Army Wives and between the OJ thing, um, he guest starred on Castle, and he was ama- just an amazing actor, first of all, but then just a great guy to kick it with, you know, when the camera wasn't rolling, and um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that are that are really good at what they do, and I was just talking to somebody tonight about momentum, and it's all mm-hmm. about when, when you get your momentum and when right. you can, and you keep the momentum going and i think that that's uh something that happened for him a, a little a little later when he was able to finally get the momentum and keep the momentum going and it just has snowballed his momentum hasn't stopped um and but yeah he's such a great great actor and great guy that it was only inevitable that that he was going to be you know multi emmy winning right who have you befriended from the cast? None like, of who do you who do you get who do you get beers with? I don't care for anybody. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I think I've uh, Mandy Moore and I are pretty tight. Um, yeah, yeah, I really. She's she's actually someone that I kind of looked at like I looked at Lena Headey because she was you know she hosted TRL with Carson. Right? I um, love TRL. She, she was a big pop star back in the day. So I know. She, no way is she cool. She is mad cool. Um, That's awesome. Daughter is her husband Taylor. So she, I'm, I'm really good friends with her. I'm also, I mean, I've befriended all of them really. I think I'm. I love something about every single one of uh, my castmates, the the adult ones anyway. But um, like Chris Sullivan lives right by me we have this mutual taser face yeah exactly <laughs> from we have this mutual love for food for laughter mm-hmm. um chrissy metz and i have this mutual love for music and singing and uh, laughter uh i many more i make her laugh she laughs at my dumb jokes so <laughs> she's gotta be on um <laughs> Uh, Justin Hartley and I, we have this, uh, we both love great wine, um, and also laugh. Justin's one of the funniest guys you've ever met, and nobody knows that until you get to hang out with him. He's so funny. And so then, cool. Yeah, and then Sterling and I, we bond over, uh, you know, first of all, being both of us being uh, persons of color, so we have, you know, socially, we're able to talk about what's going on in the world right now, but then... Um, I think there is like a little bit of history from when he guest started on Castle. We connected then, and you know, we just have this kind of um, this connection uh, of 
the, the history that we have and then the, being people of color. And then he also lives on the west side of L.A. like I do. So he's someone I really uh, get along with well. As That's awesome. And also Milo. Milo and I both ride motorcycles. So we'll ride to work together. We'll, you know, we'll say, hey, uh, you're working tomorrow? Let's meet up and let's ride our motorcycles to Hollywood. Yes. Or let's ride it to San Pedro, wherever we're going. And he lives literally 10 minutes from me. Wow. So have any of the cast been over to your restaurant? Because I read you and your wife opened up a really great restaurant. Yeah. You know, I was just, I went there today. Uh, we had uh, a little EPK interview type thing that we had to do, me and my partner. And literally my partner was like, hey, yeah, Chris was here the other day. And he was saying that, you know, working with the testing and all this stuff is crazy. But yeah, Chris Sullivan, he goes all the time or he orders food from there all the time, whatever he needs to do. But yeah, Chris has been there. Um, because he's West Side, uh, I think Milo has been there, and Sterling has definitely been there. But um, like Chrissy lives pretty far away, and Manny lives pretty far. Manny lives in Pasadena. Pasadena to Venice is like oh yeah, it's like I mean that's like a two-hour drive. That's a day trip. Oh wow. I know it's only like 30 miles, but it's like a two-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Manny would have to plan that. She's like, all right, honey, did you get the? Did you pack the bag? Did you, did you have enough water? Do we have enough water? Do we have a pretty blanket? Okay, yeah, let's go to Venice. That's awesome. You and Mandy Moore are fantastic at, like, when playing, you know, uh, when you guys are younger and then being older, like, just the mannerisms. Like, like I, you truly believe you guys are that older age. Um, it's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we kind of, um, at the very beginning of season one, when we were – in our old age makeup when we both were kind of like okay we didn't really think about or like how are we gonna play old and like you know i went through the groundlings improv school and yes. about developing characters i mean these are the people that get hired to do saturday night live or mad tv and the characters can be a little broad and so like the only time i'd ever portrayed an older person you know, I'm doing the the shaky head. And I've got the can, and I'm like, let me tell you something. <laughs> I was growing up, I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. And it, like that was like the only time I'd ever tried to do the old thing. And right. you know, we can do we couldn't do that. This is a very grounded show, and you have to be um, you have to be real. And so what you know, we had to try to figure out like what. What is it like to to age to be an elder version of of who we are? And so we kind of both figured out that people that are older than us, they've experienced more than us. They have um, this experience they can fall back on, and they and I think they just they just take their time before they say something. They take their time before they do something. They take their time getting up, sitting down. And it's it's all about just kind of slowing everything down. When you're young, everything is exciting, fresh, and new, and you can't wait to get to it, to get at it. And so everything is like kind of fast. Like I can't wait to go. You know, you're, you're talking to your friends, you get so excited. Let's go to this. Let's go to this concert. Oh my God, I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna drive. No, 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 no. Let me drive. And so you're like talking fast, you're doing things fast, and then you make a mistake. Right. And, you know, and then. You have to figure out how to overcome that mistake and get past it. But 
when you're older, since you've made that mistake, you know, like you're like, you know what? We've got a concert to go to. Let's make sure we have the blankets. Let's make sure we have the butt cushion. Because <laughs> remember the concert when we were 20, and we have the butt cushion, we sat on that bleacher, and that shit was hard. <laughs> and after two hours, it good. So, like, that's what I think being older, uh, you know, you, you kind of figure out all of the mistakes you've made. Right. So you take your time doing things, especially saying things, because how many times have we all stuck our foot in our mouth? Talking oh God, yes. anymore. Because old people toenails are always long and crusty and nasty. <laughs> now, you did you, did you channel your out. father or any um older relative? What's that? Did you channel your father or maybe an older relative in portraying older Miguel? I didn't, but I will say we have a uh, uh, a producer on the show. He's a, he's uh, an executive producer. He is the um uh line producer basically for our show and he's been around forever he was the line producer on the original a team i think is when that show originally started airing uh so that's how old he is and he's our line producer and he was around all the time and so i kind of watched him i watched how he moved i you know kind of watched you know everything he did just you know that that immediate kind of inspiration while on set. I was like, all right, let me just let me just take a little of what he's doing right now, put it on me, and then turn the camera on. Let's go. That's it. awesome. So will we be getting a Miguel backstory? There's my question too. <laughs> you both have the same question. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I don't. I I hope so. Um, I know that this year the the storyline had to change because of the COVID and the, um, uh, you know, everything that's going on that we had to kind of include. Because we had, I know that they had written a lot of episodes at the end of last season, uh, somewhat, some, somewhere around like 13. I think it already kind of been at least broken, if not written. The stories have been broken, if not written. And right. so a lot of things had to change. And so uh, I'm hoping, and we were, I know that we were going to get, way more of what's going on with um, Rebecca and Miguel and Miguel's backstory uh, a little bit. And I know, I know in season six, we are, and there's definitely a, a plan. I heard of, uh, Dan Fogelman told me about an episode that we're doing. that's going to get into a lot of it, but um, you know, I hope so because it would be, you know, it'd be a disservice to, you know, the only Latinx character on the show to not kind of include that. And, um, and also just kind of like, you know, with what's going on, you know, being Puerto Rican, uh, you know, I'm Afro-Latino. So we are made up, Puerto Ricans are usually made up of, uh, you know, European, which is from Spain, uh, and then also like other French and other ethnicities, but then indigenous Taino Indian, which I know a lot of, I've done my DNA through two different things now, so Taino Indian, and then African. And so... With, with what's going on with Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, when I moved from when I moved from New York to Virginia, I got called the N word at least. Jesus. I mean, I can't even count ten. So, Jesus. what's going on with Black Lives Matter? It touches me in a way because I've been kind of at the butt yeah. of of racist attacks, if you will, um, when I was a kid. So, I hope that we can look at how Miguel would view. 
what's going on with BLM, how he, I mean, we did have an episode, I don't know if you guys remember, where uh, he talks to Randall about being, you know, a Puerto Rican kid moving to Pittsburgh, which he kind of took from from my own experience. Randall, uh, his character uh, in one episode goes to prom also, and he, I mean, it's the same, it's part of the same episode, but he goes to prom and basically the girl he goes to prom with is a white girl and her father rejects you know her date like rejects randall for being black like Mm. and so that happened to me when i was in high school it wasn't prom it was a whole nother thing but it was it was a special occasion for this girl and her family and the father rejected me and my participation in it and uh you know they took that and they used it for the randall story which i thought was great and then um i almost said esposito um and Miguel got to speak to Randall when he came, he comes home early and he got to say something to him um, and, and, you know, kind of speak to it a little bit. So I hope there's a little bit more of that because I think, you know, we have to, in all of our stories, include uh, the diverse outlooks on whatever situation it might be, whether it be social, uh, racial, um, socioeconomical, whatever it is, like we have to kind of make sure that we're including everyone's voice because that's true diversity. And I think that's what's going to heal our country is to really show more true diversity in our media so that, you know, we're showing people what real, I guess, um, you know, what, what, what real, what, what real experiences are for people and how, you know, how I take something as a, as a, as a, as a PR, how someone who's Filipino takes something, how someone who's black takes something until people can understand, they're not going to understand why black lives matter is important. And it's not just about the word black, the word lives, the words matter. It's about, these are how people, um, respond to certain, you know, certain behavior, certain, certain phrases, certain things they see, certain actions because of their background and i think unless we show that unless we show that part of miguel and, and a show like ours which hits so many people in so many different ways and you know we're not gonna truly heal from what's been going on in this country for for years now that's absolutely true wow john huertas thank you so much for an amazing interview on below the belt show very candid and i we love uh, talking about the, the the pressing issues that are facing this country, and uh, we're still waiting for a president to be announced. So we'll, we'll be uh, waiting uh, for that. Wait, <laughs> uh, wait. John, Did they announce any more states since we've been on this call? Have you seen? No, no, still, yeah. no, still he's still same. at two sixty four. So I don't think we're gonna. So I close. think we're all waiting on Nevada for tonight, maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna happen. Georgia's Georgia is gonna finish counting tonight. They said. Oh really? So it's going to be about nine o'clock Pacific, uh, about eleven or twelve Eastern. Yeah. So, yeah, but so uh, isn't he? Aren't they saying now that he is? Well, we expected this that he's starting to fuss about. Yeah. He's trying to block some of the votes from being counted, like because they're late. Yeah, he's already filed. His followers of- went and like and like protested in Michigan to stop the count, but if they were stopping the count, Biden would in the lead anyway so it would have been pointless and now they're starting the lawsuits and stuff but everybody expected it and we're all just gonna yeah. roll, roll our eyes at it and you know it's fucking ridiculous sorry <laughs> like again i mean I'm kidding. I'm it kidding. is so, when you when you but, think 
who is dismantling sorting machines and stealing mailboxes from New York all the way to Baltimore and across the country. You knew he was up to something, you know? We'll have to see how it plays out, guys. Where does everybody live and where does everybody from? DMV, um, myself, Allie, and Desiree. Ashley's from Vancouver. Okay. I was born and raised in New York, but I've been here so long, I actually developed part of a Southern accent, which I try to (laughs) stamp out. I'm in Pasadena, but the, the not as cool as California. The Maryland Pasadena. The Mal- Maryland Pasadena. Pasadena in Maryland? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Where in Maryland is Pasadena? What, close to what? Anne Arundel uh, County? Kind of like in between Baltimore and Annapolis. Oh, okay, cool. So when I left to go in the Air Force, I left through Baltimore because I was living ah. in it's called Winchester in Virginia, which is like oh, nice. five oh, minutes. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. That was country. That was country out there in Chester. Kind of. There's like city and country. There's Frederick County, which is the country. And then Winchester is a historical town where a lot of people lived. They worked in D.C. and you know, they commuted. And so there was like, yeah, this kind of but small city vibe, very small city vibe. And then this real country vibe. And it was right on the Mason-Dixon line, too. So it's north and south. So people were just confused. <laughs> <laughs> I got there. I was the only Puerto Rican, the only Latino, really. <laughs> really confused. That's awesome. why I call the N word. Oh no, John! They didn't, what they didn't call me. <laughs> John, if you could, before we let you go, uh, do a little promo. Let us know who you are from This Is Us, your character, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. What's up? I'm John Huertas. I play Miguel on This Is Us, and right now I'm on the Below the Belt show. Muy bien. Well, wherever you are, John, I hope that your mom makes you pasteles for Christmas because my mom is my mom is the white side of my family. So my grandmother used to make me pasteles, but she died. Oh, man. Myself. Yeah, man. We got next time I'm in Venice Beach, man, because my sister's out uh, in L.A. I got to check out Clutch, man. Come through. Yeah, man. I love it, man. Awesome. Oh, I hope I see more of, more of Miguel and This Is Us. Yes, of course. And let's take a snapshot, guys. And three, two, smiles. <laughs> nice. That was awesome. John, thanks so much for an incredible interview on Below the Belt Show. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Whip. what I have to say tomorrow if we don't have Agent Orange in office anymore. <laughs> Whip! Oh, my God. <laughs> that happened. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, John. That was awesome, guys. John Huertas from This Is Us, man. That's a great – what a great guest on Below the Belt Show. We have to thank the, the one and only <laughs> PR Machine. PR Machine has been amazing to us. Um, we've had back-to-back guests from PR Machine. Um, last week, we had Juliet Landau from Buffy the Vampire Slayer for our Halloween episode. And uh, we had John Wettes from This Is Us. So, um, But yeah, I'm ready to wrap up the show. I'd like to end with any plugs, anything shameless promotions from everybody on the panel. Anybody, mm-hmm. anything to plug? Desiree, I did I have something- a, um, a print shoot um, that... I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it was. Um, but That's the, awesome. 
Uh, I did that. Pay, pay amazing though. Is it a, yeah. is it a nice paying gig? For only being there for an hour. Yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, and and Desi, I know you're uh, you have a film that you're shooting uh, next week. So uh, yes, I'm gonna get ready to fly out to Florida and work on a film called Harvey, which is a murder mystery. And we haven't had an official um, press release yet, uh, but it's important because it's the first show to get cleared by SAG in, in, in the state uh, of Florida. Florida, yeah. Well, congratulations. That's that is a big accomplishment. I hope. I mean, provided we get all get our tests back in time. Um, and then I, I started a. I know what that's like. <laughs> I know, dude. Yeah, but at least you know, it's not contingent on a job right now. You know, you can. Right. But um, also um, I started a blog talk radio with Rennell co-hosting called Indie Film Scene, but we had to put that on the back burner because. Everybody's trying to get this film up, and with all the new requirements, uh, wow! It's it's been it's hard. It is hard, guys. Well, wish you the best of luck with that, Desiree, and thank you, Des, for being a guest co-host. You did amazing. Thank you. Um, and of course, Ashley Buck from Ashley Buck PR. Eight um, V publicity, but close. <laughs> I know. <laughs> gotta, gotta, get, gotta get my company name right, but that's okay. I was close. <laughs> Ashley, you got one of your clients next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so is he. So uh, it'll, it's going to be really fun. Awesome. He's the All friendly right. Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not all as nice as you guys think we are, though. Oh, my, my whole mom's side of the family is. My whole, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, all my cousins—they're all Canadian. So I love, yeah, love. Where Canadian. are they based? Uh, they're in Toronto. Oh, see, everybody's from Toronto. <laughs> so Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal—that makes sense. I was kind of hoping awesome. you were gonna say Alberta, but that's okay. <laughs> awesome, Alberta. All right, guys. Well, this was an incredible show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank, of course, everybody on the panel: Ali Dash, Desiree Velez, Ashley Buck, and of course our celebrity guest. John Huertas. So I thought the closing cut to end tonight's show would be a classic hit song from Mandy Moore, who plays opposite John's character of Miguel on This Is Us. And uh, who doesn't love candy? You know, I mean, <laughs> Halloween, it's Halloween, Halloween, Halloween just passed. Um, it's one of Mandy Moore's best songs. It's one of her first singles. So uh, we're closing out tonight's show with candy and, uh, on behalf of everybody uh, on the panel, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Peace, and hopefully you'll be 100% by then. Thank you. I appreciate the well wishes.
Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye.